This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. Um, It's uh, quite a thing. Uh, because uh, we have this huge outage. Uh, we're having a little mic issue here, if uh, you've heard me hesitating. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, uh, it's okay. Working. okay. It's working. Here we go. Okay. Sorry, people. <laughs> There's nothing like start, starting a show when most of the phones or half the phones in the country are not working and then a mic doesn't work. I but blame anyway. Rogers for the mic not working. <laughs> okay. That's Lauren O'Neill. And we have a little bit of a plan B today because, again, and people, your radios are working, so I know you can listen. But there are a lot of people out there who cannot call in if they are on Rogers. Cell phones are out. Landlines are out. That is very scary. Internet is out. Cable TV, of course, is out if you're a Rogers customer like uh, I am at home. And so we figured we'll bring in Lauren to chat. Yay! Yay, because I don't know how many people can get through. Now, this outage is really bad. It's been going on since about five in the morning. And initially, when I was on the way into work, I heard that 911 was out and then they said it was fixed. But if you have a Rogers phone, you can't call out. Right. How are you going to call 911 if your phone isn't working in the first place? And and it's not like you can just use your Wi-Fi and like, you know, message, email 911 or anything. So it, yeah, it, it's still a really hairy situation. Well, Wi-Fi is not working. No. And uh, I just did an interview with somebody who was near working Wi-Fi and she had a Rogers phone. And even with working Wi-Fi, the phone is not working. And we had to call through, find a landline oh that was working. She's was um, in Calgary. Uh, we did that. But, but even if you're near a place that works, the phone isn't working. And this is a serious thing, as we heard in Bob's news, you know, uh, the Scarborough Health Network is, is going through media to say, Doctors, nurses, whoever's on call, please come in. Because they can't reach them by phone. And and I know my mom works. She's an ER nurse. And a lot of time when they do call people in, it's, you know, phone, landline. And so, yeah, they can't even contact their staff. And then we're also seeing, you know, government offices. We're seeing schools. You know, there are a lot of places that need phones to contact, you know, their students or teachers or whatever. I think the worst part right now is it's not just affecting Rogers customers. It's affecting everyone at every single retail store, restaurant, gas station. So I saw a guy online, he was saying like, I tried to get gas this morning on my way to work. Couldn't because the network is down. The Interact network is down because it's running on Rogers. So what do you do? If you don't have cash, you can't buy, you know, breakfast. I, I have to say that I I used a credit card to oh, buy breakfast. Okay. Uh, and it worked fine. And um yeah I used to, I I usually use the credit card may as well get points on that hey. stuff but but I guess the places that I went to well they were on bell yeah exactly so some places are okay but uh, I mean a lot of places are are really we're seeing huge lineups at Starbucks and and also people are just going <laughs> this there is, is, that's that's perhaps a first world problem yeah well they're going for the Wi-Fi too so people are like oh I'm at Loblaws I can't use my debit card but they're also flocking to anywhere with free public Wi-Fi so if you look at any Starbucks around town right now you'll just see like all these people outside on their phones trying to work because you know so many of us work remotely nowadays and 
work with the internet. You need, you need to access it. So they're just... But they don't have any cash to buy a coffee. Nope. <laughs> no. I, I have a... If you need some. Oh, okay. I have a pile of coins in my purse. I'll, I'll be glad to share. Smart. But it, it's, it's a very serious thing and it kind of raises an issue. Are we way too dependent on this? Should we be thinking about diversifying, you know, have something on Rogers and something on Bell? Because uh, Bell is apparently working today, but, you know, generally speaking, it's Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Yeah, and, and TELUS holding up the back there. There's three, you know, we've got this monopoly in Canada of these telecom networks. It's basically Rogers, Bell, or TELUS. And, you know, Rogers and Bell also have huge media empires and communications networks. Uh, it, it's, you know, people have been saying this for years. Advocates have been saying like, it's not just bad for consumers in terms of them being able to set the price at whatever they want and there's nobody to compete with them. It's it's also bad in terms of, look like, look at today. We're relying on two companies to keep the entire country connected. And what happens when one of them goes down? We're finding that out right now. Gosh, gosh forbid if Bell goes down right now, we'd be completely, you know, messed. Well, I kind of feel like... I'm in the 19th century or something because we've had phones at least for a very long time. And uh, I don't know, walkie-talkies, but people, I mean, the phone lines are starting yeah. to, to fill up. We're going to get to that in a second. But boy, this is, I, I have to tell you that experience. So this morning, I normally get a phone call quite early in the morning from uh, the master control. And I figured, okay, great. I'm a dinosaur. I kept a landline. That will work. And then, you know, phone call not coming, phone call not coming. I picked up the landline, not working. And then you realize that you have no way of communicating if something very bad happens. Right. If you, gosh, you know, like if something goes wrong, you need to call 911. And and I think that's the thing too. We're all thinking of our cell phones. We're like, oh, phone networks are down. You know, Wi-Fi is down. This isn't just the internet. This is also landlines, which, you know, police, fire, emergency responders a lot use landlines to communicate. And when that goes down, I mean, what are we, use carrier pigeons? I mean, <laughs> the mail is too slow. I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay. Let us take a couple of calls here. We'll begin with Carolyn in Halliburton. Hi, Carolyn. Good morning or good afternoon. Thanks for taking the call. I wasn't actually expecting to get through, so this is great. Okay. Well, we <laughs> we have systems working here, backup systems, all of that. That's good. That's great. I just wanted to make a comment about the whole Patrick Brown debacle. Um, I am not at all comfortable with how it was handled. Um, I very little transparency in the the reasons so-called that have eked out since don't make a whole lot of sense and sound very much like a setup uh, against Patrick. Um, I We hadn't necessarily decided to vote for him, but he was definitely a contender, and I feel he's done a good job in his in his mayoralty uh, position, and I think he definitely is a very viable contender for the leadership. Uh, at any rate, my question is, if Patrick Brown's name is already on the ballot for the leadership convention uh, and people choose to vote for him, is that a possibility? And if it is, then what would happen? Just curious. You know what? I was just talking to a conservative activist named Tasha Carradine, whom we have talked to before. She's columnist for The Post. She works for a crisis communications company. She is well-known in media, and she's just written a book on how to reconcile the two sides of the party. But this seems to have blown it all up. And this was one of the questions that came up in the interview, which, by the way, will air on Sunday at noon on Zoomer Week in Review to give myself a little promo. Nice plug. And uh, she doesn't know. What will happen? It's like, what happens if Elections Canada exonerates Patrick Brown and people, excuse me, have voted for him because his name is on the ballot? We don't know uh, what happens with that. And, um, you know, you're talking about a setup. And she said all those kind of rumors are starting. There's no evidence that it was a setup at all. But 
there are all these whispers. I mean, it really is having a very corrosive effect on the campaign, Carolyn. There is absolutely no question about that. I agree. It's uh, it's something that um, my husband and I are giving some very serious thought to still maintaining our membership in the Conservative Party. It's not the same party that we joined, nor the one we want to belong to. So we have some decisions to make. Okay, well, that that's interesting. And uh, I, I don't blame you because it, it's a, a real, as uh, Tasha put it, dysfunctional family mm-hmm. at the moment. Carolyn, thank yeah. you very much for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Barry in North York. Hi, Barry. I've had no problems at all with my system. I'm with Virgin, and I love it. Been there <laughs> okay. for four years. Um, since you're in the know, I have a question for you. I've always asked this question my friends and myself. Why do we need a national airline, especially one that requires bailouts from a government that drains millions of dollars from our government, and I believe that their CEO, CEOs get bonuses, even when the management so bad, they need to be bailed out, and it's not fair to the other airlines. Hmm. Well, I, I think that's a bit of a rhetorical question. We need a national carrier because I don't think the American carriers are going to want to uh, provide service. Uh, there are times when our national carrier provides service. Uh, at, at the moment, is not one of those times, mm-hmm. but I don't know how many flights they'd want to run between Montreal and Toronto, and, and there are all kinds of rules about where the flights originate and where you can fly. Uh, that I'm less than familiar with, but those are the reasons. And Wouldn't probably those are the reasons the why they always get bailouts and, and uh, they use the bailout money to pay their executives. I, I think, Wouldn't the other airlines actually um, take up the slack? If yeah. National, if, uh, so that was what I was going to say. I, I don't think it's possible for the other Canadian airlines to pick up that slack because Air Canada is the only national um like flight network that goes kind of across these. You can't take WestJet necessarily. You might be able to now, but like you can't take WestJet to Singapore. Um, you know, you want to go to Tokyo, you're not going to be taking Swoop. Um, Air Canada is our only major national carrier that really goes everywhere. So, I mean, other airlines could fly into Pearson from other countries, like KLM, and like there's to- so many airlines from other countries that come here, but I don't think that Canada would be given the same priority as Air Canada would give it, and we'd have less flights going yeah. internationally overall. That's just my take. Yep. And and it's between Canadian destinations. Right, but, yeah. uh, you know, if you're frustrated that we give them bailouts and still we have the excuses, the bailout was supposed to allow them to keep their staff. Mm. But now with all of this chaos, they're saying, well, we're short staffed. Well, where did that money go? Yeah, that's another issue entirely. <laughs> OK, Barry, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, it seems uh, today we are complaining about kind of monopoly or almost monopoly like Rogers. I mean, you know, stuff happens, but really it was five hours before they even put out a statement. I mean, I was sitting there at home with no communication wondering, is somebody even home? Like, do they even know about this? Are they dealing with trying to deal with it? I think that they don't know what's happening. I think that we see sometimes these huge service-wide outages um, in the States and here. It might be a hacker or something, not saying that it is, but they might not even know what the deal is. And that's why they're not saying anything. They're just frantically working to get it back up. Could have been, you know, there's an explosion in, in one of their server rooms. I don't know, but I, they haven't said what it is, and they haven't given an estimated time for getting back in action. So I'm really curious to see what is causing this. Well, uh, that was my husband's first question is, is some has somebody or some uh, group or some uh, nefarious country hacked Rogers? And again, I don't want to indulge in this kind of speculation that's kind of dark and completely speculative. Speculative, yes. But I mean, we have seen it. Um, what is the airline? It goes to the island destinations. It's on the tip of my tongue. Porter. Uh, not Porter. Um, it's Sunwing. Sunwing. So uh, a couple of months ago, Sunwing, the service that was booking all of their flights, had a data breach. They got hacked. And so all of these Sunwing flights, for like a week, people were stranded in, I mean, stranded on beautiful Caribbean <laughs> okay, islands. Yeah. But but um, they had to resort to handwriting tickets for passengers because of a hack. And, and a third-party provider. So, I mean, it happens. It might not even be a hack of Rogers. It could be another provider that they're linked to. You never know. But 
very speculative. We will just have to see what it was when they announce it. Hopefully they tell us. Okay. Um, Simone in Parkdale, you also want to talk about Patrick Brown. Oh, yes, Libby. Simone. Um, thank you. Uh, yes, I, uh, Patrick Brown seems to, he gets a lot of trouble, but never seems to take the blame or responsibility for anything. It's someone else. When he was leader, became leader of the PC party, he was uh, campaigning for it. And a lot of parents were up in arms about the explicit sex at course by, uh, put together by Kathleen Wynne and a guy who was later charged with, um, uh, child porn, uh, spreading child porn. And uh, so he promised he'd do something when he won, he, uh, turned his back on them. And that was an act of betrayal, and it says a lot about the guy. Okay, Simon, I think we know how you feel. Thanks for your call. Yeah, uh, a lot of, uh, that's one of the things people say, you know, trouble seems to follow him. Uh, he had that whole instance when he was, he was just about to become premier when he was unseated as the leader of the party. And then there were all these allegations. And then there was an agreed on statement, an apology uh, that it said, well, you know, um, maybe there was something there, but it wasn't what it was made out to be. And that's the jeopardy here. You know, um, is there something here? Is it something that um, merits disqualifying him. Uh, it's, you know, these, these are all big questions. And the overriding thing is, you know, if, if the conservatives see themselves as a government in waiting, well, this doesn't help Canadians come to that view. Certainly not. And uh, like you said, he, this isn't the first time that Patrick Brown has been, you know, the subject of a scandal. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, they say. I don't know necessarily I don't know. If, that, if there is anything there, but it's definitely interesting just that this is something that has been following him. Either he has a lot of, you know, if, if this is some sort of like inside job or whatever, he has some serious haters, well, yeah, stuff, I mean, but, the other campaigns, yes, he yeah. has serious haters. So, I mean, we've all got skeletons in our closet, I guess. And if they're just really going hard at him, that could be part of it. But it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've got to take a break. Let me give the numbers out before we go to break. And uh, I am delighted that there are people getting through here, clearly not Roger's customers, <laughs> 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. I'm here with Lauren O'Neill from BlogTO. We are having a great time, and I am just delighted that there are people on the phones. They got through. Yes. Yoo-hoo. And, and the phone lines are filling up, so I am going to take some of those calls. And we've got Mattis in Niagara Region. Hello, Mattis. Hi, Libby. I enjoy your program. Thank you. Uh, just, this is going to be just very short. When anybody in a position of power or authority appoints a, a relative, there's always going to be a sense of nepotism. I'm talking about Doug Ford and Mike Ford. Mm-hmm. But let, let's give Mike Mike some credit. If I, Unless I'm wrong, I think he probably had as much, if not more, elected political experience than Justin Trudeau had when he was uh, elected uh, like, leader of the Liberals? Uh, well, I, I, I can't remember if he was an MP. I think he was an MP before he was leader. Oh, he okay. was, Justin Trudeau was. Um, yeah, the, the thing is that it's his first time elected as an MPP. He's 28 years old. His experience is at other levels of government. Yeah. And uh, he's in charge of diversity. Minister so, of multiculturalism. Multiculturalism and, yeah. and diversity. And, yes. and we know that um, 
diverse groups, cultural groups actually like the Fords, but mm. they are as entrenched white guys as you can get. <laughs> True. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's going to be, there's grousing about that and probably uh, within the caucus where people are figuring it's a big caucus and they will never get anywhere. He also appointed, this is the Doug Ford who was railing against the gravy train at City Hall and he appointed 43 parliamentary assistants and that is a pay bump of I think 16 or $17,000. What are they all going to do? I mean, 43. Yeah, that's so many. And it's such a slap in the face to the city of Toronto. And after you slash city council and now it's like, oh, well, we'll put so many more people in the caucus. Like, well, in the caucus, yes. But but giving them all uh, sort of ministerial level and big pay bump, uh, you know. Yeah. No, no. He he, he can just arbitrarily cut Toronto. And now he's adding to the gravy, his own gravy train. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's making his own gravy train now. Yep. Yeah. But you know what? I think city council with uh, fewer people, with 25 people, works better than the bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my opinion. I mean, yeah, a lot of people would agree with that. Uh, I've, yeah, I've liked it both ways. I mean, it, it, is, it has been running pretty well with just 25 seats as opposed to... You know, I, it could have been a lot worse. I, I think that people were really, really afraid when the city council was cut down. Like, oh, my gosh, they're taking away so many leaders. But, you know, Toronto has fared just fine. Toronto is still killing it. So, Well, well, they, they can also get through these meetings a bit quicker. Yeah, that too. That, that is nice. Yeah. Like torture before. <laughs> Let's take a call from Earl in Oakville. Hi, Earl. Hi, Libby. Uh, I think that Doug, uh, Doug Ford should listen to Aaron O'Toole and not penalize people on ODSP for working. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm, I know there's a lot of jobs out there, people hiring all over the place, and I don't think they should penalize us for working if we're on ODSP. I mean, we're trying to get ahead, you know? Um, yeah, the, he, uh, he, this is... Uh what we call welfare, social assistance. Uh, he did put in an increase of 5%. Yeah, but I mean, if you're working, they penalize you for working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ODSP specifically is for Ontarians with disabilities. Yeah, so, that's correct. Yeah, yes. it's, a, it's a little bit different than just like regular, I guess, um, social assistance. But uh, yeah, I, how, how, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. How are you being penalized if you have a job, if you're well, on ODSP? What they do is they deduct, you're only allowed to earn $200 before deductions. Okay. And as soon as you go over that, they deduct, I don't know how much money off your, a person's check. They, they claw it back. Yeah, like, that's Like right. a lot of things are clawed back. And we can't get ahead, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Okay, that's all I wanted to say, sweetie. Okay, thanks, thanks. for your call. Okay, now I want to talk about cats. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, among the very the very many important things that were being discussed at City Hall, Shelley Carroll made a motion, and it had to do with a bylaw about pets not allowing pets to roam. So, what the bylaw says is, if you want to take your cat outside, it has to be on. A leash. Yep. No more free-range kitties. That's what they're calling them. Free-range cats are, you know, not you're not going to be cool in the if, if city council approves it. So this motion went forward at the Economic and Community Development Committee, but city council doesn't vote on it for another two weeks. And judging by what Mayor Tory has said, he doesn't think it's a very serious kind of problem. But it's just so funny that people are in general even well, like debating this at City Hall with so much else going on. Well, let's hear it. You know, sometimes the mayor can be funny. We yes. heard a serious, his serious objection to it, but but here's what he had to say. As I said yesterday, I don't want to be catty in my comments, and the thing just passed by a whisker, but it shouldn't go any further than this. <laughs> well, ex- exactly. I mean, to me, people out there, do you have cats? Have you tried to put a leash on a cat? I mean, it's completely ridiculous. One of the arguments is they kill a lot of birds. Uh, 
If that is true, that's what they're programmed to do. Yeah, by nature. <laughs> exactly. That's how they are programmed to survive. And so the bylaw A wants to prevent cats from ra- roaming free and, and killing other wildlife. Predominantly birds. And it also is meant to protect the cats, they say, so that the cats aren't running around neighborhoods getting hit by cars and whatnot. Um, I don't know if putting them on leashes, like cats are pretty crafty and smart. Like I've tried to put a harness and a leash on my cat. She can slip right out. Like I, and I've seen other people with, with harnesses and their cats around walking. And I, I don't know. If a cat wants to get a bird, that cat's going to get that bird. I mean, I don't think any harness is going to stop a cat from getting a bird, in in my experience. Well, you know, my husband confessed to me that when he was a child, he tried to put a leash (laughs) on his cat. And uh, he got the leash on the cat, but the cat then turned on its back, put its little paws up, and wouldn't move. And I say, that's kitty civil disobedience. Yes, yes, that too. I've seen cats do that. You put the, the harnesses on them. You just sit there and do nothing. But I, I think if you just have them in your backyard, you know, it's probably not going to do much harm. But there is also the issue of other wildlife coming coyotes, to hurt cats. Coyotes, yeah. And like eat like birds, hawks, owls. Like they're t- in, out in like um, the counties. Cats and small dogs get taken by huge raptors, birds of prey, like just taken away. And I've heard so many horror stories about that. So I don't know if, again, a leash would prevent that from happening. But I just just, just like Mayor Tory said, it's kind of a, a, a funny thing to be debating when there are so many other really important things going on. But yeah. I don't know if you know this, but in Oakville, it has been illegal to let your cat roam since 2011. OK, so let me ask you this. What happens when they find a cat? Does the kitty get a ticket? Do they like? I, I was just about to ask the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are, do we have bylaw officers, as Mayor said, chasing Fluffy? Right, and and I guess like suppose they could co- like confiscate the cat and bring it to Toronto Animal Services, and most cats are microchipped now, so they could contact the owner and find the owner. Oh, that sounds and- like a really good use of of civil service yeah. time when we can't get through for much more important. Yeah, reasons. exactly. Okay, Natalie in Mississauga wants to talk about this. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Lizzie. Good afternoon. Um, you can hear me, yes. correct? Yes. Okay, great. I, I have no cell phone at home, and I'm just pulling into home, and I'm just parking my car. But anyway, this is very funny because we've always had outdoor cats all our lives. And um, the last cat that passed away last year, a beautiful soul of an animal, we decided we were going to keep the next cat indoors. So for the last almost year, it wasn't so bad, but with the spring and summer, this cat is nuts to go out. And, and, And we've been fighting, fighting so hard, trying so hard to keep him occupied and and from going outside, and I'm so close to letting them go outside. I'm begging my son and my husband, let's just let them be like all the other cats. This came in at the perfect time because now I've got a good excuse. <laughs> well, you know what, Natalie? You're in Mississauga, and yes. this does not apply to Mississauga. In Oakville, you'd have to keep him in. Um, if if you were obeying the law, and it's just going before council here anyway, it is it is not the law or the bylaw at the moment. But you know what? What we found over the pandemic lockdown not good for people, not good for cats. No, and and I really get what you're saying, Natalie. Like I, I've had cats my whole life, and it's been you know, a constant battle when, you know, we would get a new cat in my family and they want to go outside. They're, they're built to go outside. They want to explore. And and we tried, they're cats. And so like with uh, my parents, house, um, their last two cats also dearly departed, um, beautiful cats. I love them so much. They're best friends, brothers and sister. Anyways. So, um, they would sit at the window all the time and it got to the point where my mom was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't torture them like this. And so they'd let them go out in the backyard. They'd roam around and then they'd come back inside. They get so much enjoyment and enrichment of just like going yeah. around in the grass. But you know, there are risks at the same time. So it's a, it's a tough yeah, call to we, make. We tried that for a day or so. He goes right for the birds. Oh, well, so. Yeah, but there, you know, I, I've I've seen sort of compromises where people say we'll keep the cat indoors during migration. That might make sense, but but I mean, this is nature. We have encroached on nature, and I think the larger conversation, if we want to have them, 
keeping pets the way we keep pets, especially dogs, is not ecologically sound. Uh, and we're doing all this stuff. We now have, I mean, in, on my street, we have coyote sightings a lot. Exactly. And that's dangerous for a cat. But, you know, this is the result of the way we are living. And I think a lot of human behavior that's, you know, driving the coyote problem as well. People are feeding coyotes at parks because they're, they're cute. They're like pets to them. You know, they're, they're like, tame. Dumb. they're tame. They're literally tame. Yeah. These coyotes, they look like bigger dogs. They do. And so yeah. they're tame. They're coming up for food. They're cute. And it's hard, you know, to run or resist. I mean, I think they're cute. I love yeah. all animals. But, you know, mm-hmm. they, it, if people, people need to stop feeding them, then this is what all of the ecological groups and all of the wildlife specialists are saying like do not feed them you are doing them a disservice you're causing them harm some of these coyotes have to be taken away and relocated um to like sanctuaries because they've gotten too tame away from their families away from their lives and that's because of people and their behavior exactly we've we've done that story let us take a call oh, from you know what Libby? What? i just wanted to throw in the what i did um very quickly was we've got another kitten a four-month-old four-month-old kitten, and this seems to keep him so happy. Okay, so you're keeping him inside, but uh, he still wants to go outside. Natalie, thanks for your call. Let's go to Esther in Mississauga. Yeah, Hi, Hi Esther. I think it's afternoon. I don't know with this day we've had, but uh, <laughs> yes, I, I enjoyed the talk about the uh, cats, but uh, I think this whole thing today, I just said to the gentleman who took my call, uh, I'm 90 years old, and I go back to when I was a child in England years ago, when we used to have two tin cans on the end of a string and talk to each other. <laughs> and when we think of all the modern things we have and how today has ended as it has, and it's very important, uh, all the communication, particularly with the hospitals and everything like that, ambulance, police and everything, I think we should stop and think a little that uh, how blessed we are in this country to have what we do have. And But when something like this happens, I think a lot of people also today are going to be stressed to the max because they can't get on their phones and do what they normally do. And uh, they'll be wanting to see one of their psychiatrists or something before too long. <laughs> well, they, we I, back- I agree with you. People are going to be are probably as we speak stressed mm-hmm. to the max Absolutely. and they can't put it down i know i've met many people one lady in church once is looking at her phone i said could i take that from you for a minute <laughs> no 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 she said i need it wow. and i thought well if you're not at peace in church you're not going to be peace anywhere <laughs> but the cat thing came up as you were talking to that other lady my daughter and i went to england for a holiday and came back just as the pandemic came into being here. And we came home to our house and we found four stray cats had taken over our back garden and uh, under our shed, under our deck. And eventually one of those had two kittens. But I must say, we undertook to feed them, take care of them, and stop them from being wild. We got them in the end. They used to come to our sliding door on the deck, run the little baby ones. I put their noses in milk to get started. And eventually we had a gentleman come and pick them up and took them to places and got them good homes, got them fixed. But those cats were so good for our psyche going through this pandemic that I think if we all look at the animals and how they conduct themselves, they know what to do. Every animal, bird, everything knows what they have to do in life. I think we all could learn a lesson from the creatures around us. And they're very helpful to us. Esther, thanks for your call. That was so beautiful. Yeah. That was really nice. We all could learn from the animals. I really like that, Esther. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) All righty. It is time for another break. And let me give the numbers out again. And again, people, thanks for calling. It's so hard for so many people to get through or basically impossible. Uh, I'm really happy that there are some people getting through and we will get to your calls. 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And we will be right back with more free for all Friday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer, a free for all Friday. 
Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. I'm here with Lauren O'Neill, and I am delighted to see our phone lines full, basically, because who would have thunk it? Half the country can't use the phone because of this Rogers outage. And I have to say, I'm not really looking forward to going home where nothing is working. I mean, I know you're supposed to disconnect. It's supposed to be good for you. And some people pay a lot of money for high-end uh, uh, getaways where you can't connect. But I don't like it. I mean, on a Friday night... Everyone kind of, I feel, wants to relax after work. Uh, watch, I, I would be very sad if cable was out in my house, if I couldn't, <laughs> if I couldn't watch, if my internet wasn't working and I couldn't watch. I want to watch the rest of Stranger Things tonight, you know? I've, I've got things to watch. And so, yes, I feel you. I mean, books are great too, but that's more like maybe tomorrow on the beach. Tonight, I hope for everyone's sake that the internet comes back so that they can be entertained in a relaxing well, way. Well, I hope the internet comes back so uh, health networks like Scarborough Health Network don't have to worry about their communication system so people who might need 911, God forbid, uh, can get through uh, to 911 because if you're trying to call from a Rogers phone, that will not work. People have work to do. People have things to do. Yeah. We are just so dependent on this. And and those things are, are very much more important than watching Netflix. So I should. should uh, okay, let's uh, let's hear from Wendy in Guelph. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Lovely open house that you had. Sorry? In the radio station. Oh, oh yes, yes, open. yes. That was yes. a that was a and great day. Nice. Yes, and that was spectacular. And I've called you before about being off the grid and I do, can't afford the cable and the internet. And so today's an absolutely normal, lovely day in my world. <laughs> you must be so relaxed as a person. Well, you, <laughs> well I try because I'm healing from stuff. Libby and I met and talked a bit. And I just wanted to tell you guys, I was the hub because I kept telling everybody, just turn on the AM radio, go to 740, mm. yep. you'll find all, and everybody, it was lovely to be the person that was actually in the know of something, because mm. I'm never on the internet, the Facebook, the thing, the, all that, you know, TV, cable, everything. So yeah, welcome to my world and have a lovely day. And, but, but your phone is working, obviously. Uh, you know what? The funny of that, remember I joked, I have still a BlackBerry that still works. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it has to do what network it's on um, more than what the device is. But Wendy, well, thanks for your call. It would be a bell. I think it's a BlackBerry on the bell. Now. Well, yeah, it would be on the bell network because Rogers isn't yeah. working. Oh, okay. well. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys, have a good day and I'm getting more people to listen to the AM because, hey, that's where the information and the good music comes from. Awesome. Okay, like and we're also, by the way, people, 96.7 FM in Toronto. Uh, it's called Downtown Toronto, but it's really up to Steele's. You can get oh, it on the right. FM You're, band, yes, which is... Classical station, that's right. Well, the, no, no, that's a... a this is the AM. to everyone and love you. Thanks. Oh. Thanks, Wendy. Uh, just to clarify that, our classical station is on 96.3, but AM 740, the station Zoomer Radio, what you are listening to right now is available at just close to that 96.7 FM in the heart of Toronto. That's the only place it works uh, on FM. Uh, otherwise, we have a very, very wide coverage area on AM. Hi, Bill. Bill in Toronto. Hey, Libby. Actually, I was in working on the network last night. I hope nothing that I did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you work for Rogers? No, I don't. But I work, I work, let's just leave it at I work in that industry. But they're so intertwined, one can do something and have a huge impact on another. But that's, that's, that's another story. And the other thing is I've got a black lab, Aww. I've got a cat, and I've got a parrot. And the city can stay away from all three of them. Nice. Well, well, the 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 bylaw, the way I understand it, it's supposed to um, accept. You're supposed to have 
pets indoors or on a leash except for parrots and cats, and they want to change the exception to cats. The, the, the good news, Bill, is I don't think anybody is going to ask you to put your parrot on a leash. I've seen a parrot on a leash. Bill, you might be <laughs> familiar with this. In Liberty Village, there is a gentleman who lives in one of the condos, and he has two parrots, a macaw mm-hmm. and then another one. And you will see him sometimes out. His parrots are on these, on like harnesses, on leashes. They're so smart. Bill, do you have a leash for your parrot? You know, your volume is very low, so I apologize, but I think I got it. You can get a leash for your parrot. Yes, I don't. My parrot's fine. He can get out and fly around the house. He's getting older. He prefers to walk on the floor these days. So, And actually, I do walk my dog off leash. He's quite fine. Um, We walk in remote parts of the valley, and there's we'll walk with five, six people and seven, eight, nine dogs. So, but that's not really why I called in. What I called in for was Patrick Brown. Go ahead. So they're waiting for him to get back to uh, Brampton because they want to uh, launch investigations against him for uh, financial dealings with companies. So, you know, and he, he's obstructing that. He's canceled four council meetings. But, uh, you know, with all the scandals that the liberals have had and they paid virtually no consequences whatsoever for them. But, you know, and, and mainstream media is going on about the PC party and, you know, they're in disarray or whatever. I'm a, a card-carrying member. And the way I look at it is, this is the first time I can remember in a long time that a party's actually showed some ethical behavior, found something that was, uh, you know, a scandal, and they've exposed it, and they've, they've, they've cut it loose. So I think it's, to me, a very positive thing. And I belong to a lot of conservative uh, websites or whatever. And virtually 99.9% of the people on there are glad to see Patrick Brown gone. But uh, who can I ask who you're supporting, Bill? Uh, uh, Polyev's got my uh, first vote. Leslie Lewis and, and Barber are my, uh, it's a toss-up between them for second and third. Uh, well, I think that a lot of the people that are actually rejoicing and happy about the way this went down are Poilievre supporters. Uh, and the others have said they didn't really like the process, uh, that the process was not transparent enough, and that, uh, you know, they had to find out from the media because it was a story broken in the Globe and Mail that, that this woman had come forward and right. identified herself, and she only did so because there was a leak. So uh, I think that, you know, being happy about it is dependent on who you support. Uh, but, the, I mean, I think it's a mess. <laughs> it's definitely uh, a mess, that's fair well, to say. You, would you agree, Bill, that it's a mess? No, you don't. No, th- well, the transparency thing, I mean, you want to talk about transparency, and that's one of the things that comes up. Well, maybe there's legal implications here, so whatever, it'll play itself out. But uh, this is transparency in Canada. Did you see Christian Freeland when she was testifying at the emergencies uh uh, investigation. She couldn't even answer a single question. She diverted every question, not a single answer. And if you want to see transparency, watch the liberals when they're asked questions in the uh, the House of Commons. Y- you know what, Patrick? I'm going to... Oh, Patrick. <laughs> sorry, we talked to him yesterday. Bill, sorry. Um, th- that's the issue for a lot of people. A lot of people looking at those things that the liberals are doing and who would want to uh, say their time's up, we want something else, but then they look at the conservatives and it doesn't look like an alternative at the moment. That's actually... The issue, those things that you're bringing up is actually the uh, the issue for a lot of people. Well, I choose to look at this action by the conservatives as showing uh, some uh, some ethics, which uh, in Canadian politics have not been around for quite some time. So that's the way I look at it. I think it's a very positive thing for the party, and it the conservatives that I deal with and through various websites, it, it's overwhelmingly positive this action. So. Oh. Okay, that's what Bill. I can tell you how the media wants to spin it. Oh. That's a whole different issue. Okay, Bill. Thanks for that. Have a nice weekend. You too. Take care. Okay. His phone is working. Helen in Toronto, you want to talk about cats? 
No, I wasn't going to talk about cats. I was going to talk about birds. But since something was mentioned about parrots, when my mother was in long-term care, there was um, an association that brought birds in and had them on leash so that they could actually sit on the laps of uh, the laps of these residents. My mother got very frightened, and I had to take her away. But what I actually called to say is. Uh, someone had mentioned the humanity or the integrity of animals. Last year, I was sitting outside, and there's this little sparrow with his wings flipping. Ch-ch-ch-ch, wants to eat, and there wasn't a sparrow around. Another bird came and fed it. Wow! Mm. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that nice? You know, interspecies friendships. Like, there's lots of evidence of it on the internet. They're so touching and sweet, and even like they're both birds. But that's that's so sweet. You know, that- it was just it was one of those wonderful experiences. I have three feeders outside, and you can tell the personality of the birds right. by what they do with the feeders. Yeah, uh, some are aggressive and throw the others out, and some share. So they really I just have personality. To tell you that story about the bird feeding the other. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you. But I've got to say, I have never heard about birds on a leash before today. I don't know. (laughs) I guess I'm out of touch. I'm going to show you some pictures after. It's really fun. Like, it's just funny to see. There's a guy, he goes like um, biking down along the Martin Goodman Trail on the lakeshore with his parrot on a leash flying with him. It's, (laughs) It's wild. Everyone stops and stares every time. Like, I've seen him multiple times, but it's a thing. It's a thing. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for telling me about it. I like to be in the know. Let's go to Tony in Cannington. Hi, Tony. Hey, bonjour, Bella. You know, it, it, today is a beautiful day because it reminded me a lot when I was, you know, when I was a teenager. I just got my driver's license. My mom would say, Tony, take me to the bank to get some money because I got to go shopping. <laughs> and today, every gas station, every grocery store did not take Interact. And some took credit cards, but I was just thinking about that, how maybe kind of in a way, I was annoyed Then I just thought about the, how good it felt back then when life was a little more simpler in the, uh, in the, in the 70s when that, but uh, I just thought I'd share that uh, with people today, just to, uh, you know, that's how it was back in the day, you had to go to bank, take the money out, and go shopping, or, you know, go get gas, or whatever. Yeah, but you, you know? know what, in the 70s, your phone worked. Yeah, it still does. I'm a lucky one. I'm not with Roger, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, obviously you're not because you got through to talk yeah. to us. Yeah, uh, and, and and the phone on the wall worked no matter what happened. You know, uh, lights go, you still got your phone on the wall. But uh, I just today it just went through me. I went, you know what, I'm not going to get mad today. And it brought good memories of my mom and dad back in the day when take me to the bank. <laughs> well, that's right, a nice attitude. That's, real, that's a good way to look at it, I think, though, you know, like... I think I am seeing a lot of people saying online, like in reaction to this, that, you know, like, let's go back to a simpler time, not necessarily get rid of these things, but kind of reevaluate our relationships with technology. Um, As one of the callers was saying earlier, there's a woman in church on her phone. I mean, that wouldn't have happened in the 70s, certainly. Um, Yeah. So it's nice that it gave you happy memories of simpler times. Okay, Tony, thanks for that. Yeah. Simpler times. Again, uh, I would really like to have a working phone at <laughs> home. <laughs> Everything else, okay, maybe. But uh, we'll see. Let's take a call from Mike in Brampton. And Mike in Brampton, we have very little time left, so uh, please be brief. Hello. Hello. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Libby, I'm phoning to suggest a way of uh, augmenting the beauty of the Toronto waterfront and also make it practical for uh, transportation. If you've ever been to Florida, between Tampa and St. Petersburg, there's a causeway called the Courtney Causeway. Now, that causeway uh, improves the transportation from one point to the other with uh, no hesitation. Now, in the Toronto waterfront, uh, to augment the beauty of the Ontario place in the exhibition, I would suggest starting to tear down the Gardner Expressway and put in a causeway between the Humber River and the Don Valley Parkway. And it could go across the water to Center Island and back again on the other side. Now, this would uh, not only improve the beauty of the uh, Toronto waterfront, the Ontario place, but also would uh, create employment for over the next 10 years. Wow, that is ambitious. 
yeah, I, I, I think it might be a little late to put that proposal in. Um, Very yeah. expensive and uh, many, many years, but it's an interesting idea. Of course, it's an interesting idea. I'm looking at the clock. Do we have... We have maybe a minute or so left, Stella, in Mississauga. So um, a quick comment, please. Uh, hi there. I just want to uh, say that I take chemo at Princess Margaret. And yesterday, uh, picking me up at University, Merge Street entrance, going down to the Gardner Expressway, it took just over an hour. Wow. One hour. And uh, basically, the problem is you get to every intersection and the people are coming from the other direction, and they completely block the road. So when the light turns green, basically, you are stuck, and only maybe one car gets through, one car. It took the Uber driver an hour and five minutes to get to the Gardner Expressway. And, of course, I live in Mississauga, so that took an hour and so on. And the police should be down there strictly just to direct traffic. Oh. And on and it was very it's it's very upsetting because you're paying for this an hour in traffic to get down to what should take like seven minutes. But how much did it cost is, you? I, pardon? How much did it cost you? I'm not telling. It's awful. Uh, the others and, and I and I have a lot of appointments, especially June and July. But anyway, um it's just a fact of, of life. You have to do it. So Stella um, Yes. We're, we're, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we're basically out of time. You take care. Uh, that does sound really lousy. Uh-huh. And there's supposed to be a traffic blitz at rush hour. I don't know if you were there at rush hour. It's always rush hour in some places. Yeah. Uh, Stella, um, I'm sorry to hear that you had to go through that, especially after chemo. Uh-huh. I've had chemo and after it, you want to get home real fast. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 you know, not a comfortable thing. So, um, thanks for your call and have a good weekend. Sorry to hear about that. And also thank you to you, Lauren O'Neill from BlogTO for joining me today. That was lots of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm always down to chat about cats and parrots. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. And I'll be back here on Monday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.